SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Manukora Honey. Merriam-Webster defines honey as a sweet, viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees. And that's all good and fine, but old Miriam and Webster (laughs) used some words that I don't know and didn't really hit the mark when it comes to talking about Manukora honey. First off, Manukora isn't just sweet and viscid. It's got a rich, complex taste and a creamy, melt-in-your-mouth texture that you won't find in your average, everyday grocery store honey. And nectar of flowers doesn't cut it when you're talking about the nectar of the Manuka tea tree in New Zealand. The only nectar these bees feed on in the production of Manukora honey. In conclusion, Manukora ain't just your average boring dictionary defined honey. It's special honey. I know this firsthand. Uh, they sent us a jar, a squeeze bottle, and some honey sticks. And we've been sharing them around the office of their MGO 850 Plus, their best selling honey. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not <laughs> what you're thinking of when you think of honey. Look, have you ever think to yourself, if like, a company made grapes for the first time, we'd go nuts. It's, I feel like honey is this way, where I'm like, if anybody like made this up, we'd be going out of our minds. But this is like if honey happened again. Did you like the honey, Sari? So I moved into a new place where there's no insulation in the walls. And so uh, I've been drinking a lot of tea. And mm-hmm. sometimes that tea needs a little bit of honey. And I initially poured in this honey thinking it was going to be grocery store honey. And then I was like, that's different. And now it's a little uh, breakfast treat. It's a great breakfast treat because it's 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 a little like it's for toast. I could put like this on my butter toast and I'm like, oh, I'm having an experience. So Merriam-Webster also defines ultimate as the best or most extreme of its kind. Now that one fits Manukora to a T. Indulge in the best or most extreme sweet viscid material elaborated out of nectar of flowers in the honey sack of various bees from Manukora. If you head to manukora.com slash tangents, you can get $25 off their starter kit, which comes with the MG850 Plus Manuka Honey, a free travel pack of honey sticks, a free wooden spoon, and also a free guidebook. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash tangents to get $25 off your starter kit. Hey, everybody. Tangents is going to take a couple weeks off for the holidays, so we won't be recording any new episodes, but we'll still be posting some cool, fun stuff. This week, we present an unlocked bonus episode, usually only available to SciShow Tangents Patreon patrons. In this episode, we try to stump Big Brain Sari with some very hard and some very stupid questions. And if you like what you hear, there are like a dozen more bonus episodes available on our Patreon, with more coming every month. Just go to patreon.com slash scishowtangents to learn more and enjoy this bonus episode. Hello and welcome to the SciShow Tangents bonus episode only for our Patreon patrons. I'm Hank Green, and joining me as always is science expert Sari Riley and our resident everyman Sam Schultz. So last month, we grilled Sam about science, and then we made fun of Sam. And this month, we're turning our attention to Sari. So we have put together a devious list of high school science quiz questions, and we're going to see just how smart Sari really is. I hate this for you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't know if any of these questions even make any sense. I just got them all. (laughs) Also, high school science is like pretty vague. It's been quite a few years since I've been in high school. I also feel like the 
like, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to go through. I will. I'm sure I will have opinions <laughs> about how, which one of these things are actually important. Do you want me to administer the test tank and then you could see if you can answer? Oh, sure. Answer? Sure, 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 okay. sure, sure, don't, sure. That's not, I, look, I will not look. look. I will not look. But since we think that Sari might do and or I will do fairly well on these uh, quiz questions. This quiz, which is called, of course, Q and Bidet. Uh, we still want to make fun <laughs> of Sari, so we snuck a few questions in about things that she definitely doesn't know anything about. And uh, in between each category, there will be a lightning round in which we ask Sari questions about a classic song that she has only recently heard for the first time. So, Sam, can you start us off with our stupid game? <laughs> hey, I worked really hard. Very on the fun, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do nothing for once in my life for SciShow Tangents. <laughs> I could just sit back and be ready to be quizzed. <laughs> also, Sam, I have to say that it is really important to work hard on stupid stuff sometimes. So Yeah. Absolutely. That's all, you know, that's, that's one of my goals in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, first of all, I'm going to start you guys off with uh, everyone's favorite field of science, biology. Mm. So this one should be okay. So Sari, I'm going to give you the option to, I'm going to give you the chance to answer the question first and then uh, we'll go to Hank to see if he can answer it. Okay. So number one, which of the following is an example of endocytosis, a plasma membrane engulfing large materials so, so that they can enter the cell? Two, light and carbon dioxide being converted into carbohydrate and oxygen. You're shaking your head at that one. Three, a vesicle transporting materials into a cell. Or four, a vesicle transporting materials out of a cell. Number one is the most endocytosis. But uh-huh. I would say a vesicle transporting stuff into a cell. It's not like quite, but it's it's similar in that. Both of those things are the same thing. <laughs> yeah. A plasma okay, well- membrane versus a vesicle. A vesicle is just like a little bubble holding other stuff and then fusing with the plasma membrane as opposed to a cell like engulfing something else. That's that's like the instigator of the movement right. feels slightly different. But OK, well, according to this test, number three is the correct answer. So, Sari, you get the point because you said either one or What's three. What's number one? The- I said number one was more correct. So maybe I have maybe, an answer, maybe. Sam. Okay, hit okay, us. According hit to us. this website, uh-huh. the plasma membrane engulfing particles to enter the cell would be an example of penocytosis, period. What's a penocytosis? <laughs> no one. <laughs> Pinot noir, penocytosis. The cell's getting drunk and made up a term. Yeah. No. Apparently, <laughs> okay. We also have to allow for things having changed, maybe. Uh, penocytosis versus endocytosis. Lord almighty. Yeah. Do you know what penocytosis is? Have you ever heard of it? I've never heard of it before. No, no. I've heard of phagocytosis, sure. which is like what a white blood cell does to mm-hmm. it, like eats up um, 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 the little little bad guys. Little but, Pac-Man man. Yeah, but never heard of penocytosis. Here's question number two. Okay. Which of the following statements is not true concerning enzymes? Number one, they lower the energy of activation. Number two, they increase the rate of a reaction. Number three, they increase the amount of products. Number four, they are biological catalysts. They increase the amount of products is, oh, yeah. I guess, yeah. the most fake. But by <laughs> speeding up the reaction, there are technically more products. But yeah, at certain oh, times. In a shorter amount of time. Sh- yeah. yeah. It, it, the idea is, I think that what they're saying is that over an infinite time scale, there would be mm. the same amount of products. They're not a cloning machine. Yeah. They, they, yeah. They, they don't create. Yeah. They, they can't create nothing. But like. There are situations in which enzymes will create more products 
Like, that's just true. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's bullshit pedantry. Like, there are situations in which, like, it, that is not a false statement. But anyway, uh-huh. that's the one that they want us to say. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the most <laughs> that's false. That's answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sari, also each round is going to have a bit of a dummy question that oh. uh, is not related to science at all. It's related to something you don't know anything about, I assume. Cool. In the 1972 film The Godfather, what oh, famous no. line is uttered by the character Clemenza after assassinating a disloyal associate? Number one, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Number two, now that's an offer no one could refuse. Number three, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Or number four, I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. Oh, no. I In my head, I thought it was the only thing from The Godfather that I know, and I think you made fun of me for doing a horrible impression. Oh, yeah. Is the on this, the day of my daughter's wedding. Uh-huh. What was number two again? Now that's an offer no one could refuse. I think that one, that one feels like... Now that's enough. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Yeah. So what, like, what is it? No, no. It's like a gravelly old man voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know okay. what an Italian accent sounds like, though. So I'm going to offend everyone by trying to do it. Yeah, maybe that's okay. Yeah. Well, also, that answer is incorrect, Sarah. Oh. Does Hank know? Oh, yeah. Hank, do you know? I watched the Godfather trilogy after getting my wisdom teeth out and do not remember any of it. So I'm going to say, <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. I'm so sorry, Hank. That's from Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Um, (laughs) I thought that was just a Sam phrase. (laughs) Uh, And the second one, Sarah, that you said was uh, something that I just made up because uh, I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse something that they say in The Godfather. Mm. Uh, The correct answer is leave the gun, take the cannoli. Oh, my gosh. They go out on a chore to pick up cannolis (laughs) and they, they kill the guy on the way. And then they're walking away, but they're like, oh, wait, we forgot something. And they take the cannolis with them. I'm not the biggest fan of cannolis. Just just I wouldn't take the cannoli. I would leave the gun and then <laughs> just walk out probably. You're a bigger fan of guns than cannolis? <laughs> no, I don't surprise. like either. So I would like leave the gun, leave the cannoli. Okay. I'm just going to Leave the gun, leave here. the cannoli, leave everything behind, go yeah. to Cabo. And it's, I'm not involved in this anymore. I don't care. Yes. What if the cops knew you didn't like cannoli and they were like, ah, that's cannoli hating Sari. That's your thing. <laughs> I'm going to a non-extradition country, baby. <laughs> I've watched enough crime shows that that's where people go. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, number three. Which carbohydrate cannot be digested by humans? Glycogen, amylose, starch, or cellulose? Starch is two things. Starch is amylose and amylopectin. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> cellulose. I guess is the most obvious answer because yeah. it's the it's the stuff that makes the structure of plant. It's the the stuff that cleans out your digestive yeah. system Helps because poop, it's huh? yeah. stringy. Don't eat grass. What I think. <laughs> Come on, just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the correct I... answer is cellulose. Yeah. I'm going to eat one str- blade. You of can grass. have as much okay? grass as you want, Sam. I'm okay, just trying. I'm just trying to keep Gen Z alive. <laughs> well, I think that you can't really digest amylose very well because it's I, I just edited a script based on this. So amylopectin has alpha one four glycoside linkages or something mm. like that. Mm. So it's like a little bit more chunky in the way yeah. that glycogen is. But amylose is lays flatter and packs more compactly. So it is harder to de- digest, probably not as hard as cellulose, but no. 
Yeah. Still hard to digest. All right. Well, take take that high school. Yeah. Yeah. I, I took college organic chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's the last question in the biology round. Filtration occurs in what section of the nephron? Ooh. Number one, distal convoluted tubule. Fuck. Number two, the loop of Henley. Number three, glomer. You okay? Glomerulus. Glomerulus. Or number four, proximal convoluted tubule. So this is going to be a guess because I yeah. dropped out of my anatomy class in college. I was like, there's too much memorization. I'm not learning enough. And I'm not going to be an anatomy working. question? This what is, is yeah. this? Okay. It's a kidney. So like a nephron. <laughs> yeah. nephron it doesn't explain system. any of that in the question. Questions aren't there to explain things, Sam. But what if you need help? I think if, if you're like, oh, it's a kidney, then I then now suddenly I know what the loop of Henley is. No, you're Whoa. still screwed. Okay, yeah, fine. it's just like particular regions of the kidney, and I'm sure one like filters, one yeah, tr- rebalances minerals, one just like is a storage chamber. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Either. But I'm gonna say the loopy part. The loop of Henley. that sounds loop like a Henley? good. Yeah. yeah, that one. Eh, wrong. I must say, the, oh. is it the nephrons? That's where we're talking about. What section of the <laughs> nephron oh. is it? <laughs> it's in the nephron. <laughs> Look, you want me You're to be correct. more specific than that in high school? I'm not going to cut <laughs> open a cadaver right now. What's going on? Well, who needs to know this? You got to look at the, the textbook diagram and memorize it. I'm going to go with one of the, I'm going to go with the distal convoluted tubule. Unfortunately, those are both wrong. It's the glomerulus. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, glomerulus filters the blood, resulting in the filtrate, which will then go through the tubules. Okay. Whatever that means. Oh, I guess that makes sense. So there's like a part, this is what I interpret from that. There's a part of the kidney that's like, I am the place where I, I suck everything out. And then all the tubes are just like sends the yeah. whatever gar- junk it sucked out through all the tubes to rebalance. Yeah. Um, the loop of Henley is where the piss goes. So <laughs> that's important to know. That is. Should've, it's delightful. I should have known that because if it's named after a guy it was discovered earlier. Yeah. Usually. Very obvious. Like as you yeah. cut open your cadaver, it's like, uh-oh, I cut this tube and the pee's coming out. <laughs> it's named after me now. <laughs> my name is Henley and I saw the pee. Yeah. My, favorite, my, my favorite one of those is the mobile wad of Henry. <laughs> What is that? So like, uh, you can, I, I don't have well enough defined muscles, but if you like pull your arm toward your arm, there's this little like chunky bit of your forearm that comes out. It's several different muscles that are all sort of bound up together. Mm-hmm. So it's a bunch of your forearm muscles that are, that like move around and, and, and like work together. I'm all chunky bits, unfortunately. Yeah. I can't see what you're talking about. Yeah. I wonder, I was like, I, I like pulled it. I even unbuttoned my shirt to show you guys my forearm <laughs> as if there's like any way you can see a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. SciShow Tangents is brought to you by Rocket Money. If I asked you how many subscription services you had, you think you could name them all? And before you just start naming streaming apps, remember that basically everything has a subscription these days. Video games, dating apps, food delivery apps. It's a subscription service world. We're just living in it. And with all of these subscriptions, it can feel like money is just flying out of your account. And that, frankly, sucks. But Rocket Money can help. 
Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money can help you negotiate to lower some bills for you by up to 20%. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in total canceled subscriptions. Escape from the planet of the subscription services and stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash tangents. That's rocketmoney.com slash tangents. Rocketmoney.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S. Okay, so that was the end of that round. And now it's time for the first musical lightning round. Before recording, I had Sarah listen to some incredibly well-known songs that Mm -hmm. she had never heard before. The first song that she listened to was Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm. Before we get into that, Sari, do you have any thoughts on the song Smells Like Teen Spirit? So I listened to it once yesterday and once over breakfast today. Uh-huh. I couldn't understand a single word That's of fine. what they said. Uh- <laughs> There's a Weird Al version of this song where he talks about how the singer's mouth is full of marbles. Mm-hmm. So that was a well-known thing at the time. I would agree with that. I don't think I've ever heard it before. Okay. But I think I may... <laughs> So this is a contradictory information. I, I don't think I've ever heard it before. I didn't really care for it because I couldn't understand a single word. It was just kind of like a background soundtrack as I uh-huh. was eating my cereal. But I think I listened to a podcast where they mentioned it. And I know it's like named after some sort of deodorant. Mm-hmm. Teen Spirit is a deodorant from a yeah. long time ago. That maybe still exists. I don't know. So are is understanding words important to you in a song? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think probably because a lot of what... <laughs> the, the the music that I've listened to is like solidly instrumental. Like this mm-hmm. is a video game. It's in the background mm-hmm. or musical theater. So it's like, mm-hmm. I want to hear the uh, words because the words are telling the story. That's important. Sure. Okay. So you didn't like it though. How many stars out of five would you give it? <laughs> I don't want to be mean to them. Uh, two. <laughs> it was, okay. it was, I don't want to be mean. That's mean. So not one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I wouldn't choose to listen to it again. I don't know if it played in a, on a, in a bar or something. I wouldn't be like, oh, that's that one. Wow. Okay. Uh, and so. I al- always thought it was smells like team spirit. Sure. And then it was only until I looked at the Spotify playlist that you made me. That I was like, oh, it's teen, like a teenager. Yeah. So good attempt by those those talented young men. Maybe maybe better luck next time. <laughs> so here's some questions about the song. Okay. Number one, what group performed this song? Nirvana. Great. Number two. I've played rock band. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Number two, who is the front man of the band Nirvana? Oh, dear. Um, one time my dad went with his sister to uh, a tour of famous, uh, this is kind of morbid, but like grave sites around Seattle. I don't know mm-hmm. he's from Seattle. Is it Kurt Cobain? Oh, yeah, it is. <gasps> Wait, how did you get that from knowing that your dad went to his grave? I don't know. My dad only went to like Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, and like a couple others that I've since forgotten. So I had one of two chances. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Jimi Hendrix plays guitar and by himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he doesn't really I'm pretty, really sure, play by himself, I'm pretty but... sure Jimi Hendrix wasn't the front man of Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, last question about about this song. In what western Washington state town did Nirvana form? Seattle? No, sorry. Aberdeen? Uh, I don't know. Aberdeen, the only Aberdeen I know is in South Dakota. I didn't know uh, that either. Well, it's 
it's like 60 miles from Kirkland. Isn't that where you grew up? That's where I grew up. Yeah. Yes. I've never been to Aberdeen, Washington. I've been to lots of small towns in Washington, but not. Not that one. Okay. Next up is a field of science that Sari does not like quite as much. Physics. PV equals NRT. Is that an answer? Uh, No. Number <laughs> one. Which of the following is not an international systems of units unit? Number one. Okay. Degrees Celsius. Number two. Hertz. Number three. Ampere. Number four, Pascal. Number five, mole. What? Uh Like a different not SI units? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess it's Hertz. Eh, Wrong. Celsius. Hell yeah. Hank stole it from me. It's Kelvin. Kelvin. We use Kelvin. Oh, yeah, we do. (laughs) All the other ones are French, right? Is that... That, that seems like a clue. <laughs> I don't well, think Hertz I, is there French. There are two related to electricity. So I was like, Hertz or Ampere, one of them's fake. But yes, I overlooked the the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it does feel very trick questioning. Is this from actual class? Oh, well, no, I don't know. I, okay. I, I'm going to beep out what the website is. It's from a website called... Oh, God. No. I we need, <laughs> we need to fix education, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm learning here. So I took this quiz and I got like an F on it. So it's hard, you know, because I'm smart. Uh, number two, a block is pushed with F newtons of force. Oh what other information do we need in order to find the acceleration of the block? Number one, final velocity. Two, acceleration due to gravity. Three, work done on the block. Four, initial velocity. Five, mass. Oh, you need, I think you need initial velocity. mm that's one thing oh, you don't. That's one thing you definitely don't need. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but you do need Mass. other things. Yeah, there you go. Uh oh. Well, you don't get it. Doesn't count. But you got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because because ve- velocity is irrelevant to acceleration because because acceleration do- it takes a current velocity out. So you can be moving at a certain speed, and then you your acceleration doesn't matter it takes into your account account your initial velocity but the thing about f equals ma is that you have to like only if there is no f- other forces acting on the block if if you have f newtons of force in a block you have to say that it's friction like a frictionless surface because mm-hmm. otherwise like you're not going to know the acceleration because like that you might not even overcome the coefficient of friction and, and it just sits there like i'm pushing on my cup but it is going nowhere Friction is an important one. But uh-huh. in physics land, they almost always are like, just ignore that for now. But they don't say it. They stop <laughs> saying it eventually. I don't want to say I hate physics. This is my problem with physics is that I overthink things. And yeah. that like I'm trying to imagine an object moving through the world. And with biology, I can do that very effectively. And with physics, I can almost never do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the next one. An object can never reach absolute zero in a finite number of steps. Which of these laws supports this statement? Oh, God. Third law of thermodynamics. Newton's first law. The statement is not supported by a standard law of physics or the second law of thermodynamics. Oh, God. God, I have like a okay. vague guess. First law of thermodynamics is... I'm not even going to try to guess. I was like, <laughs> I thought you had it. There one of them is an equal opposite reaction. One of them's, see, it's basically the idea that you can't make something stop completely. Like there will always be atomic vibrations. And so that's the third law of thermodynamics. I don't know. That's right. <gasps> yeah. It's, ba- it's basically that's the entropy law that like things will always be tending toward disorder. 
And for some reason, mm-hmm. that means absolute zero. Like you can't get there. Entropy is such a weird concept because it like it makes perfect sense to me. Like it makes sense intuitively, like your room gets dirty. It also makes sense that like a mathematical level, there are more states of disorder than states of order. But then when you try to be like, and the universe has lots and 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 this is the reason why time exists. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you can't base physical laws on just like there are more states of disorder than order. And so time ah! <laughs> even the the idea that there are more states of disorder than order like applied to headphones getting tangled or something like that still blows my mind a little bit because it's like, (laughs) but this is such a tangly state of disorder. Like there are so many states of disorder that are less bad than this one. So why did it get this bad? (laughs) Okay, ready for the next question? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. In the classic Simpsons two-parter, who shot Mr. Burns? Who shot Mr. Burns? Number one. Homer Simpson, who had recently been fired from Mr. Burns' nuclear power plant. Number two, bartender Mo Sislak, whose bar had been closed due to fumes emitted by Mr. Burns' oil drilling operation. Number three, Maggie Simpson, a baby. Or number four, Waylon Smithers, Mr. Burns' personal assistant, who had recently resigned from his position due to Mr. Burns' new plan to block the sun from Springfield being too evil for his taste, and he had fallen into a deep depression. (laughs) Who shot Mr. Burns? Um... I'm going to guess Mo the bartender. Wow. What a bad guess. It's wrong. Oh. <laughs> well, it felt like the most unexpected. It was like everyone else has a personal tie or a baby could just have a gun yeah, in the no, Simpsons it's universe. The, it's the baby. <laughs> you were right. It's the, it the most unexpected it was, one. It was. <laughs> the baby just has a gun was literally the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen a single episode of The Simpsons? <laughs> I've probably passively. My dad watched early seasons of The Simpsons, and I do remember very distinctly going to – so I joke, but I think it's partially serious that part of the reason why he had kids is so he could get three Happy Meals instead of one uh, and get the toys. (laughs) And so when the Burger King – Burger King had Simpsons Halloween-themed toys, Uh and so we we ate at Burger King a lot anyway, but we went extra to get all the toys (laughs) between me and my brother and my dad. That's very sweet. It is very sweet. Your dad sounds like a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. Final question of the physics round. Enthalpy is a measure of blank. One, how easily something changes temperature. Number two, total energy of a thermodynamic system. Number three, total energy lost in heat transfer. Or number four, the conversion of energy to heat. Hmm. I Enthalpy. forget. Enthalpy. I think it's the conversion of mm, energy to heat. You Shouldn't think that because it's wrong. Oh no! Is it the is it the total amount of thermodynamic energy in a system? It is. Yes. I have like a first instinct, and then with physics questions, I'm like, that can't be it. That simply can't be. It. And then I go with my second instinct. You know what? You had that same instinct for the who shot Mr. Burns question. Yep. <laughs> and also for everything in your entire like every question you've ever answered on Sci Show Tangents ever. So. <laughs> You're always always going with your second <laughs> impulse, and you should really never do that. Here's a second musical lightning round. So for this round, we had Sarah listen to the thong song. So before we get into questions on the thong song, any thoughts on the thong song, Sari? <laughs> this one I wasn't sure whether I had heard before because I'm pretty sure it's like played and people around me have gone, oh, the thong song. But it, it did not register at all familiar to me. Um, when I told Sylvia... My partner, I listened to it. Then she started singing it. And I was like, that's it? 
uh, even though I had just listened to it. You didn't recognize it when she sang it? No. Okay. (laughs) It was very forgettable, is what I'm saying. Um, Holy It's fine. It seems like... uh, a horrible thing to say. (laughs) Yeah, it was... it was a fine song. I didn't think it was quite catchy, but I'm also not the target demographic. I don't like dancing, and I don't like clubs, uh, and I don't like low-rise jeans. Interesting. I'm wearing very high-waisted shorts right now, so even I don't, I, and I have never worn a thong, so all of those together. You couldn't like, relate to it at all? No. Unrelatable. <laughs> uh, I couldn't relate to it. even even when if i if i were to be looking at a girl in the club then i would not be looking for a thong i don't think so okay well i think if if this song came on in any club in the entire world by the very first millisecond of the song everyone would be losing their minds probably they'd be so Mm -hmm. happy that it was playing but you're just built different and that's okay so (laughs) here are some questions about the song number one what musical artist performed this song this i don't remember this is the one that i didn't recognize i knew you weren't gonna remember it's it has a cue in it which i thought was weird Mm -hmm. uh it was like uh you ever watch deep space nine no that won't be helpful then okay that helped me though uh (laughs) <laughs> now, I, now I know. <laughs> oh dear. Um. Oh, I don't know. Sun yes. Sun Q Sun Quo Sun. No, it wasn't Sun Q. Hank, <laughs> who was it? C- Cisco with a Q. It's Cisco. I thought, I thought it was oh, yes. Nelly. I was. That was just wrong. Mm. I feel like Cisco kind of only did that. Yeah, but that's a lot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he did a lot for us, and then he yeah. left. True. Number two, according to the song, what did she have dumps like? What dumps did she like? Have dumps oh, like, like a truck. That's what it was, which it I was thought like was quite truck. odd. Because is he talking about her poops? No, no, he's talking about her. He's talking about her butt. Her butt. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. I have never heard dumps related to butt. Dumps is poop. <laughs> I mean, it is poop. Dumps is more commonly poop. It's yeah. true. And so that's why I thought it was like kind of rude that he was talking about her poop and then talking about how much he liked her butt. Like you're watching someone dance in a club and you're like, oh, she dumps like a truck. <laughs> like that's what I was thinking. Like one of those wow. big. <laughs> Man, I bet that that girl has some big dukes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like whatever you're into, dude. But like that, that is not what I would like to project <sighs> if I was trying to flirt with someone. Okay. Well, the final question is more of an essay question. Uh, when Cisco was touring with this song, he his hair was dyed platinum white. What reason did he give for his hair being that color? He wanted to usher in the future age of music. And we all know that platinum or like mm-hmm. chrome is the color of the future. That's a really good guess. But it was because according to him, the first time he saw a thong, it turned his hair white because he was so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's oh, no. a win. That's a huge win for it. That's just that's great. I love like I love it when people make up stories that are definitely fake and everyone knows that they're fake. But like, it's just such a good story. Or like, I saw a thong and my hair just turned shock white. <laughs> it was like a plane crash. Special Tangents is brought to you by Shopify. Hank, when you started your career as a, 
the internet science man was opening an online store, something that you were really thinking that hard about or something you thought you'd do in a billion years? I was uh, making a shop before I was the internet science man. Oh, what? That was the first thing I did. I was that first. Wow. I got to learn my Hank history. How did that go for you? <laughs> Good. I'll, here's what I'll tell you. Like the, 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 the part where we start selling a thing and you get to see the number go up is so exciting. And uh, when it's just like you uh, by yourself, you got to be careful. But luckily <laughs> yeah. Shopify has all kinds of little tools to help you with that, to help you with increasing conversions, to help you with managing orders, with customer support, with all of the stuff. Uh, because it's a, you know, I don't know. It feels like the industry standard. And so there are all kinds of plugins that you can use to make your Shopify work for you in particular. That's right. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from vlogging in your parents' basement to treading the boards of Carnegie Hall. Now, it was my basement. It was my (laughs) basement of my own home that I was renting. (laughs) Downstairs of. (laughs) If you say so. From your first sale to your one millionth, Shopify is here to help you grow. And they've got a proven track record, my friends. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and powers entrepreneurs in 175 countries. They have, as Hank mentioned, the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And they have award-winning customer service because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tangents, all lowercase tangents. Go to shopify.com slash tangents now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash T-A-N-G-E-N-T-S, all lowercase. Okay, and then the final category is more essay questions. So we gathered some questions from our dear Patreon patrons that require more long-form answers. This okay. is Q and Bidet. This is the this is the Q and Bidet section of the podcast. Okay, I'll call the final category is Q <laughs> and you. Bidet. Jared Mandile asks, could a fungus like Cladosporium spherospermum, whatever that one that lived in Chernobyl, could that exist on the surface of Mars? I would guess probably not because even though it adapted to radiation, it adapted to radiation on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I assume that the fungus still needs some combination, like like Earth's atmosphere mm-hmm. uh, with like oxygen and other nutrients that are found in Earth soil or like Earth decomposing matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that the radiation that came from Chernobyl, it's like ionizing radiation. And this is where my answer, I should just stop instead of like keep talking, but I'm going to keep talking, is different than solar radiation. And so... I think that you can't necessarily, like, even if it's a radiotrophic fungus and, like, uses that radiation in some productive way, I don't think it would be the same if it was just getting direct solar radiation from the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They would both be ionizing radiation, but they are different kinds of ionizing radiation. Do you do research, Sam? I did a little bit of research. According <laughs> to what I found, they did put this fungus on the International Space Station for 30 days mm-hmm. and exposed it to space radiation yeah whatever that is and they found that it absorbed that a layer of fungus two millimeters thick absorbed two percent of the cosmic radiation and could live through it so if they put it on mars it would be too cold so you can't grow it just on yeah but you could have it in in some kind of protected environment absorbing radiation on mars and it would 
probably live and they're looking into possibly lining buildings on Mars with it because if you had a 21 centimeter thick layer of this fungus, it would be enough to uh, protect the people inside from harmful space radiation <laughs> is the That's theory cool. right now. Yeah. So I don't know if you were right or wrong. I'll just say that you were right because you can't grow it on Mars, but not exactly for the reasons you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I should have stopped talking Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. when I said I should have stopped talking. That was actually exactly when you started to be wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm very good at knowing when I'm starting to get into dicey territory, but not, did that help me on my stopping. tests? No. Okay, here's the next one. Ariel Rojas asks, were Ross and Rachel on a break? Is this about the TV show Friends? It is. R- Ross is the shitty one, right? And no one likes mm. him? Yeah, he's, they're all shitty, but no one likes Ross. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing this, con- this, this question is in context of Ross cheating on Rachel or something like that. That's something the dramatic. whole crux of the conversation. Did he or did he not cheat on cheat her? Cheat on her? Because they were maybe on a break or maybe not. I see. Okay. Um, I don't know. Judging by the, the general public impression of Ross, he, he just doesn't seem like a very good communicator. So mm. I... I could see him saying like, oh, no, we were on a break, but that not being communicated. And so I think it would be considered cheating because they didn't communicate well in their relationship. So they w- were not on a break. They were not on a break. Did they? Is there a canon? It's pretty it's much exactly what you said. Well, I wouldn't argue that anyone's saying that they weren't on a break because they, Rachel was the one who said we're on a break. But he cheated on he slept with someone else the same night they went on a break. Which is classless. Yeah. So it's not. A, I would the say this doesn't hold. Yeah. Up. This is what I I think that they were on a break, but I also think don't don't. Yeah, <laughs> Ross, just don't. <laughs> that that doesn't that means that's not like an end to the monogamy. That's a uh, a moment of reflection. <laughs> not, yes. not, not like a, <laughs> I was like, oh, we're on a break. I need to go home and think about that. No, not oh, we're on a break. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that was it for all the questions. You answered them all, except we have one more musical lightning round. Okay. This final song, When Doves Cry. Sari, what did you think of When Doves Cry? You didn't ask me about my favorite one. I liked the other one. I was going to give five stars to the one that you didn't ask me about. I'm sorry. To the the David Bowie's uh, Life on Mars? Is that what it was? Yeah, I really liked that one. That was my favorite of the the bunch. It's a great one. Yeah. The other ones I feel like are more universally known and beloved. Hmm. That checks with or checks out with me that I would like the mm-hmm. the least universally known song. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was okay. I don't think I've ever heard and I might be wrong. I don't think I, I know the artist is Prince. Uh yes, I don't think I've ever heard another there. Prince song before. Because I looked at it specifically. I was like, I don't think I've heard this person sing before. There's some um, fantastic ones. That's yeah. a, a deep catalog. Oh, okay. Well I'll I'll <laughs> check it out maybe. Probably not. But if you send me one, I'll listen to it. Okay, I probably won't um, do that. It was fine. I would say it was my second favorite of the four songs. Okay. How many stars would you give it? Um, Three. Okay. Number two. In 1992, what did Prince change his name to? Oh, no. Famously. Very famously. Everybody I'd... makes made fun of it so much. Really? Oh, yeah. dear. Um, Purple something. Purple. It was purple. <laughs> he liked purple, I think. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just a shape. <laughs> Circle? No, no circle. it was a specific no. shape that he he made up. It was a shape, an unpronounceable symbol, sometimes referred to as love symbol number two. 
Mm. Uh, oh. but, but people, when they had to say his name, called him the artist formerly known as Prince, which means I have heard, heard that. some variation of. Yes. Um, love symbol number two is also a color, though, and that color is purple. So maybe Sari was right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I and, just know he liked purple. And that was actually my third question. What is Prince's signature color? Oh. oh. Purple. Boom. Done. So you knew more about Prince than you thought you did. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's the end of my test. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sari got an A+. Plus. I think she did, too. I think what we learned is... Well, maybe be careful and and uh, what you're picking to be your study guide helper if you are in high school. Don't pick the first one you Google. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for supporting us on Patreon and having a good old time with us today on our special bonus podcast just for you. It was a joy, and, and we'll see you next time. For Q and Bidet. No. <laughs> <laughs>